Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have a rock star from Lafayette, Sister Fatima. Y'all probably know her from UL. She's at St. John's Cathedral now, and she's a dear friend, and she's a lovely soul. Welcome to the show, Sister. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so uh, my name is Sister Fatima, and I was born in Zimbabwe, born and raised in Zimbabwe. Uh, but I consider myself um, a Cajun a, Catholic. A Cajun Catholic now because I've been uh, living in Louisiana since 2001. Wow. And uh, my hometown is uh, Mashingo in the southern east of Zimbabwe. Oh, wow. How did you end up in, in Lafayette? So um, our community, the Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows, we are an international community. We were founded in Italy by uh, Blessed Elisabetta Renzi. And for a very long time, we were only present in Italy. But then later on, we opened missions in uh, Brazil, in Mexico, in Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, and the United States. And so uh, our sisters are present in Zimbabwe. That's how I got to, to know our sisters. So most of our sisters work in the countries that we are present in. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Uh, what was it like growing up in Zimbabwe? So I'm one of four. Uh, I'm the oldest. Okay. Uh, three girls and one boy. My, my mom was raised Catholic. My dad was raised Catholic. And so we were raised Catholic. So my mom had a rule for us. She always said, if you live under my house, under my roof, you will go to church. That's a so good we rule. Had, um, we had this tradition in my, in my family when I was growing up that we would go to Mass every Sunday. And then we also prayed night prayer together as a family. And on Saturdays, believe it or not, we prayed a rosary together with my, my, my siblings, my uh, mom's friends. And this rosary lasted, I, you know, lasted for hours mm. because we prayed the 15 mysteries you know, in, in, in one sitting. So that wow. was, um, you know, I know when I was young, I used to, um, to try to find somewhere to go because I just thought that this rosary was so long. But my mom had had a rule that when it's time for the rosary, you are at, at the house, and we had the, to say this rosary kneeling down, you know, all the time. Wow. But so, um, so I was I grew up in a very uh, you know Catholic family, devout Catholic family, and Mary was a special part of my family. My mom had a, a great great devotion to Our Lady, and as a result, I also had a great devotion to Our Lady. And uh, God is great. I ended up entering a community that uh, our patroness is Our Lady. So I uh, attribute that to, to my mom's faith and how I was raised. When did you know? When did you not have that calling? When did I know I had a calling? I remember um, 
when I was in elementary school, uh, we used I used to go to church for catechism, and we had a local community of sisters, and um, you know the way they worked with us, you know teaching us the way they prayed, they were just beautiful souls to me, and I I didn't know when I was young that sisters were, you know somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's cousin. I thought by they, divine providence they fell from heaven. They fell from heaven. Mm -hmm. That's how that's what I thought. I still think and, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember walking to mass uh one morning with my mom and the sisters were walking from their convent to the parish for mass and just looking at them and I said to my mom, "One day I want to be like those sisters." And my mom said to me, "You know, if that's what you want, you know, I will support you in that. And I said to my mom, well, but how do I do it? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, how do I go up there and then drop down as a sister? And she said, no, 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 it doesn't <laughs> happen like that. You know, once you, one, once you are grown up, you will know, you know, what to do. But so, you know, after elementary school, I remember having this conversation with one of the sisters that was teaching us catechism. And I said, look, I want to ask you a few questions about your life, your vocation, what you do, and why you do the things that you do. And I remember one of the questions that I asked her, because I was so scared that I would lose out on all these wonderful things in mm -hmm. life. That, that was my fear. And I had this dream that, you know, I'll uh, have so much money, I'll build this beautiful house. Uh, like any young lady, I had all these great ideas and these great dreams about my life. And so I went and spoke with, with the sister, and she, she told me a lot of things. And then I said, but I have one important uh, question before I leave. And she said, what is that? I said, how much do you all get paid? <laughs> and, and she just looked at me. And she made a sign like zero. <laughs> and I, I was so depressed. So I left, went home, and I thought about it and prayed and reflected. And after a few days, I realized that that's what I wanted, to spend my life without counting the cost, to spend my life for Jesus without getting anything in return. So though I was kind of disappointed, I realized that, that was what God was calling me to. So, you know, after high school, I started discerning, uh, going to retreats, and uh, eventually entered the convent. That's a great story. I love that. You know, God, uh, I guess the thing I think about is having a big house and having all those things is, is what people search for freedom. And the freedom that you have is the freedom that everyone wants. You know, uh, you don't see you see it from a different perspective as you get a little older. So, how did you get to Lafayette? Then, how how, how long were you there in the convent? Were you at the convent there? And yes, you, I was and at the convent there for um, for for a year and a half. Okay, and um, and I remember getting a letter, an email from from uh, our mother general. And she uh, had written to me asking me to, uh, to move. Uh, she gave me two choices. She said, uh, I would like for you either to go to Italy uh, for your formation or to go to the United States where there was another young lady who is now a sister in, uh, in, in, in our community so that you can do formation mm -hmm. together. And um, I spent you know, a great deal of time praying because that was never 
you know, my intention or my dream to leave my country. I always saw myself finishing formation and working in my home country. And I, so that was a great shock for me, but I prayed and I said, God, you have to give me the grace to be able to say yes to this. And so in my thinking, I thought, you know, I would go to the United States. That's what I told mother. And the reason was, you know, I figured that it would be easier for me since I already spoke English to, to adjust to a different culture. Uh, being able to speak was important. Being able to understand the people was important. And so I said, I would just go, uh, you know, to the United States because I already spoke English and I thought that was going to be easier for me because I was so afraid of going to Italy, learning a new language, learning, right. uh, you know, the culture. I, I just thought that was just, you know, a lot for me to, you know, to learn at, at the moment. So, so that's how I came to, uh, to Louisiana and uh, I've been here ever since. Thank God for that, because we love you being here. You've been such a blessing to our community. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. We have Sister Fatima as our guest today. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana, and she is, like I said, been such a blessing to our community. So what was your first impression of Lafayette and the people here? So when I first uh, arrived um, in Louisiana, I lived in a small town in Avoyles. Maybe many people don't know where that little town is, between Banky and Alexandria, okay. Moroville. So I was there for two years. And then I moved to Shreveport, you know, for two Ooh, years. You moved out the country. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, moved to, um, to Lafayette after that. And I've been in Lafayette ever s- since 2000 and 2004, 2005. Okay. Um, so um, my first impression when I arrived, I th- it was during winter. I thought it was very cold, and I said to myself, "How am I gonna, how am I gonna survive in this place? It's so cold." And um, and then <laughs> uh, that's funny. And, and I remember um, I was at a school, and that day they saved, um, you know, catfish, and. And I said, oh, sister, today for lunch we have catfish. Would you like some? And I'm like, catfish? <laughs> and I remember telling the lady, I said, um, I don't eat cat. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, 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 it's, it's, it's this fish. And, and oh, okay, so good. But, uh, but the food tasted different. Everything was so different. You know, um, the weather was different. Everything was so different that it was a struggle for me at the beginning. But then I got to meet so many people. I got to uh, meet so many faithful Catholics. And from that moment on, I have, you know, adjusted to the culture. And right now, I feel like I am from here. You are home. I have, I'm home. I'm, I'm home away from home. I so, that. you know, I had to adjust a lot. But also, you know, the other thing that's so amazing is this. I remember when I was discerning religious life, you know, one of the things was, oh, I'm not going to have children. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have this. And today, as I reflect back, God has given me all those things that I thought I would miss out on in so many ways. He has blessed me in so many ways that I've gotten to know so many people. I've gotten to work with so many people. You know, I love the culture. I love Lafayette. I love the Catholicity of, of, this, of this town. So it has been a great, you know, a learning experience, but a great blessing, and I feel like I'm, I'm home. You are home. I love it. Um, 
Tell me, I'm curious to know, what would be a typical day in your prayer life? Uh, and, and is that something like from way back that you've, you've had? You mentioned the rosary, but I know for me, like I, I do adoration once a week, and I just can't imagine what it would be like not doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pray a rosary every day. It's something that's really close to my heart. And um, But what's a typical day in your prayer life? A typical day, you know, for, for us sisters, we have, uh, you know, our schedule for the community. Uh, which uh, our day begins and ends with prayer. And so we have our communal prayers. Uh, and I also have my personal prayer, which would be, you know, either having an extra adoration or going and saying an extra rosary, or it might just being in, in the chapel and sitting, journaling, or just, just praying uh, in the chapel. But uh, our uh, day begins in the morning as a community because, you know, I'm a consecrated uh, woman. I live in a community, and we have certain things that we do with a community. So we begin with a liturgy of hours in the morning. That's our first um, morning offering. What time? We are, you know, it depends uh, on you know what time we start ministry. Right now, it's at six thirty in Ooh, the morning. That's early. So we begin with uh, yeah, liturgy of hours, and we have our morning meditation which is usually on the scripture of the day or the gospel of the day. And after that, you know, we eat our breakfast and then we go to to work. Then we come home in the afternoon. For certain communities, they might still be at school if you're at school. But if you are coming home for lunch, we have what we call a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. And that's very important for our community because we are, uh, our spirituality is based on our Lady of Sorrows, the Eucharist, and Jesus crucified. So we have that moment where we visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament in the afternoon. And then in the evening, we come home. You know, after work, we have Liturgy of Hours, you know, Vespers. We have meditation, and we have Rosary every single day as a community. And then we have complete night prayer uh, in the evening. So that's our community prayer. Now, personal prayer, we find I find time between those little you know breaks that we have mm-hmm. for me to go to the chapel and to do some extra prayer because we are encouraged this is important for us to have that communal prayer it's required for us but it's also important for me to find time to be with Jesus in my own personal personal prayer when I was a kid uh, all the things you're describing to me seemed so far and it seems such a um, I mean maybe you would say why would you spend your day that way you know and uh and it seems like such a commitment and and it would be a grind and it would be hard but you know i know for me as i've gotten older oh it's everything it's everything it's so much so much more important than what happens in in your day otherwise you know just having that moment with with jesus and and being able to have that quiet time and content contemplative prayer like you mentioned and and then you're able to go and bring that to others. They see it inside of you. You know, when you leave the Eucharist, you, you continue to project that to the people around you. I, it's just becomes very evident as you become older. But what a wonderful life. Uh, you know, um, for those of us out in the business world, you know, that seems foreign. But uh, it's. I think I can speak for, I know from my own personal experience, uh, that's what I long for, the simplicity of life. And just with Jesus and you, that's so beautiful. It's wonderful. All right. Well, uh, tell me about um, what about like what's your favorite Bible story? Uh, but I, you know, it, it's always very difficult for yeah. me to name one favorite Bible story. Sure. 
But I have, you know, so many favorite Bible stories. But if I will have uh, to name one favorite uh, Bible story, it would be uh, in the book of Ruth, uh-huh. you know, where um, she is, you know, saying, uh, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. And I love that uh, passage uh, because of the commitment that, you know, she has, because of the faithfulness that she has to her mother-in-law. So I would say that that would be my favorite uh, passage because of commitment and faithfulness. You know, for me, it's important to be committed to what, you know, I do, to what God has called me to, and to be faithful to that. And I think faithfulness for me is something that's very important. So that's that would be one of my favorite passages. In that's scripture. so beautiful. Um, so I know Sister's real involved with World Youth Day. How many times have you been a bunch? So I've, I've gone to World Youth Day now four times. Okay. And we were sharing a little bit before we came on the air about some of your favorite, favorite moments from then. Tell me about that. So um, my favorite moments, especially for World, there are so many, you know, favorite things, so many touching experiences for World Youth Day. Um, when I go to World Youth Day, usually we take, you know, our community sponsors the trips and we take young people to experience the faith. You know, it's a gathering of so many young Catholics. They come with their chaperones, their youth ministers, wherever World Youth Day is. But, you know, I would say for me, one of the most favorite moments for me has been uh, going to Spain and going to Avila. I love St. Teresa of Avila. And visiting her place, the, the, the places that she has worked, visiting her convents, it's, it brings everything that you have read, everything that you know about that particular scent, alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different, it's a deeper experience of, of, of faith. And, uh, and also going to Poland, uh, visiting John Paul II's home and the museum, and visiting the, the Shrine of Divine Mercy, that was a great experience for me and also for the young people that that um, that I have brought to World Youth Day. Um, overall, bringing young people to experience Catholic, the Catholic faith and to experience unity, the diversity of the church, the universality of the church. You know, when we go to these countries, sometimes we don't speak the language, mm-hmm. but it's really... Uh, touching to be able to celebrate Mass, even though we don't know the language, we understand what's going on. We do. Young people have an opportunity to meet other young people, to learn about different cultures, but you know, also to be on pilgrimage because it's a demanding uh, experience, walking, eating, not eating enough, fasting, and uh, so you know, it brings uh, you know, that, you know, that experience of our faith to a whole new level for these young people that when they come back home, their faith is renewed, they have a greater appreciation of the church, they have a greater appreciation of the sacraments, and they have a greater appreciation of the liturgy celebrated uh, all over the world. You know, our, our liturgy, our, you know, the sacraments. So their Catholic faith in, as a whole is renewed by these experiences that we provide young people when we go to World Youth Day. How many kids from Acadiana generally go on a typical uh, trip? You know, well, it depends. Um, 
sometimes it depends on where World Youth Day is. Mm-hmm. Usually when it's in Europe, there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. go because it's closer maybe to us. And it depends also with the time. This mm-hmm. year it was in January and it was not a very good time for many young people because they were in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, it just depends. But it attracts more than a million uh, young people. Wow. Um, sometimes even four million. I remember when we went to uh, Brazil, we had uh, millions of mm. young people there. Even in Spain, we have millions of young people there. Our groups are usually 25. When we went to Europe, we had a group of 34. So it just depends where, you know. So I've had some of the UL students on the show, the, the Raging Cajun Catholics, uh, as they are known. And, you know, if you're not getting outside of Lafayette a little bit, you, 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 and when you do come back and you see on a weekday basis right. all these kids in mass, it's just, it blows my mind to see how devout they are. And I guess you're right, we're right in the middle of all that. What is it with these kids and these, this Cajun culture? What is it going on now that has inspired all these kids? They love confession. They love adoration. They, they seem to love daily mass. What is it that's so special about UL? What, what's going on over there? I mean, it seems like something must be happening. So, yeah, something must be happening, and I think uh, I will attribute that, I think, to the Cajun culture. You know, for me, one of the you know, surprises when I came to, uh, to Lafayette from Shreveport is so different. Mm-hmm. Coming to Lafayette, you know, the, the family atmosphere, the family pray, plays an important role in the faith of their children. Most of these kids, when you talk with them, they either went to Catholic school, you know, they pray as family, their faith is important, their parents have modeled that for them, and for some, it's because they had a good friend. For some, it's coming to college and being invited to the youth center, being invited to mass, and from there, conversion happens. And you know, you were sharing that, you know, if you do not pray, you think you feel like something is missing in your life. And I think it's for them too. From my conversations with these young people, if they don't go to mass, if they don't pray, it's like not knowing how to breathe. They know that something is missing in their lives. And this is something that's holding them in the midst of our, of our culture and everything that's going on around the world. Mm-hmm. This is the constant, this is the rock for them. Their faith is the rock. It is, and you know, these kids today are, are, they take a lot of knocks over the social media about being on Facebook and Twitter and all the other stuff that they do, Snapchat, and and it has become the anti-social network, that's what I call it, and kids don't know how to speak to each other as much as they used to, maybe one-on-one, but, but I can see kids that, and I know a lot of those kids aren't really wrapped up in social media, those kids are a little different, but, but, but that conversation with God is maybe the only conversations they're having with with someone in, on a daily basis, it seems like, because the kids don't talk to each other anymore too much. You know, they don't talk much to anybody. But I guess in a way, maybe the social media has um, maybe in some way strengthened their, their their conversations with Christ. You know, they maybe they have more time. I know. I don't know. That's how I see with my daughters, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, well, I tell you, it's just been such a blessing. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Our guest today is Sister Fatima, and she's now at St. John's Cathedral. And how is it different now? Is that better, worse, different? Oh, I mean, it's just a different experience. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we go wherever we ascend. Uh, God calls us 
to uh, a particular in a particular place for uh, for a specific uh, time. And uh, it's not worse, it's not better, it's just a different experience. Mm-hmm. And we are doing, uh, we are you know, engaged in a different ministry there at the school and also at the parish level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always very, um, uh, you know, uh, life-giving when we are able to, to give, to share our gifts with God's people, especially in schools, because we were founded, you know, for, for education. Mm-hmm. That's what our sisters do. So when we are able to, to engage young people in schools, in the educational, in Catholic schools, it's something that gives us life because that's what we are called to. So, so we are we are um, we are grateful to the Lord for this opportunity that our community was was given to be able to be uh, at uh, St. John's Cathedral and, and working there with the kids and working uh, at the parish. Sister, we have just a couple of minutes left in the show, but um, I know there's some young ladies out there listening to this show that may be discerning. Uh, what would be your message to, to, to the youth out there or someone listening to this show? That uh, What would be your message to them today? You know, my message uh, to, to young people most of the time is that is the message that Pope John Paul II always gave you know, to the world, to young people. And Jesus Christ himself is do not be afraid. Because um, most of the time, we are so afraid of committing. We are so afraid because we have, you know, this idea that somehow, if I give my life to, to God, if I give my life to Jesus, I'm going to be missing out on all of these other wonderful things. We call that FOMO. The kids call that FOMO. You ever heard of that? Fear, Fear of, of missing, missing out. out. Yes. But, you know, uh, if you say yes to the Lord, he takes you on a great adventure. He takes you on this journey that's, that is beautiful, and he gives you uh, everything, and he takes nothing away from you. That's so beautiful. I, w- I want to ask you one other question. Right. I ask uh, the religious that have come mm-hmm. on the show, and just I've always wondered this question. Is, has, there, has there been a supernatural moment for you that really are, you know, the, for me, the charisms of the Holy Spirit, you know, I love to hear wonderful stories of that, but... Ha- was it like that for you that was a supernatural moment or, or not particularly that, 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 in, that inspires your faith or that increases your faith? For me, it's always adoration. Yeah. Uh, for me, is um, you know, our foundress, Blessed Elizabeth Renzi, talks about the Eucharist. She says this. She says, I carry him who carries me. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus Christ car- carried her and she carries him. So moments, adoration moments for me, are very special moments where I can just be there with Jesus and adoring him and then trying through my vocation to bring him to other people. So adoration is important for me and in mass, of course. Adoration is what kind of drove me to Curcio because my mom had started the women's Curcio, but she'd come home all the time, and I've said this on air a few times, and she would say Jesus was physically present in the Eucharist, that she could actually see in some of the ladies with her, you know, Jesus walking towards her with a crown of thorns, and she she had some of that supernatural experience. She was raised by the Ursuline sisters in New Orleans, and uh, it just always intrigued me, and it's something that really attracted me and, and drove me to Curcio. And I've had some supernatural experiences as well. You know, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, again, you're—it's uh, just been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I feel like your family to me. I don't know sister super well, but I feel like you know, 
feel like you're one of my family. Uh, you've been so good to my, my girls and, and to my, my son-in-law, Brandon. got to go to World Youth Day with you, and just it touched his life. And it's just a blessing for you to be here today. I thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, all Todd, right. for all you do. Thank you. Uh, again, uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. We had a blessing with uh, Sister Fatima here on the show today. Uh, we'll look for you next week. Thank you so much.